Yeah, and tonight one of our own is our guest speaker, and we're delighted uh, to have Brian Sorello speak to us tonight on a very important, very timely subject as our theme for our summer series this year is Ethics for Eternity. And certainly we need to emphasize ethics. We need to emphasize God's standard of ethics and morality. And obviously the subject of homosexuality is a pertinent one, uh, a very timely one, and certainly uh, is in keeping with the theme of ethics for eternity. It's particularly timely, I think, today, and Brian will allude to this in his lesson, uh, in light of the fact that this was um, a Chick-fil-A uh, support day uh, because uh, Chick-fil-A had uh, taken a stand against the homosexual movement, and today was the day that people were being asked to show their support of their stand uh, against homosexuality. And from what I heard uh, uh, on the radio driving back today from Missouri, um, it was an overwhelming success. It was very difficult to get into a Chick-fil-A uh, and get something to eat because you had to wait in line uh, for so long. And I find that to be encouraging uh, in light of what it says about um, those who are speaking out uh, about a matter that um, is of vital importance and about which there is being uh, conducted a frontal assault, a very open and frontal assault. Uh, atheism, uh, immorality of various kinds, and the homosexual movement is one that is very, very aggressive, uh, very, very active, and uh, the support today for the Chick-fil-A stand was encouraging. I even heard, uh, you may have heard this too, that in uh, one of the uh, owners of, uh, largest franchise owners of Wendy's restaurants was actually encouraging people to eat at Chick-fil-A uh, today. And that a Wendy's restaurant near Chick-fil-A said, um, choose uh, Chick-fil-A today. Uh, so uh, I thought that was rather uh, interesting uh, and uh, supportive that a competitor would actually uh, do something uh, like that. But the subject about which Brian speaks tonight is a vitally important one, timely one, and it's important from a biblical perspective because I can tell you, I know for a fact that there are those who were trying to defend homosexuality from the scriptures. They are using the scriptures to try to defend homosexuality. It cannot be done, of course, <clears throat> but they are nonetheless making that effort. And I have seen in writing a presentation that sought to do just that. And frankly, it was sickening. Brian, come and speak to us. There's nothing up there, is there? See, I should have done what we usually do and left a blank slide on the front. There it goes. There it goes. I'm really in the dark now. One too many. 
Is that good? Okay. So I have uh, 37 pages of uh, outline and notes for tonight, and I have 37 minutes. The only problem is I have 24 slides to go with that um, 37 minutes. So I am going to have to move very rapidly uh, this evening. Um, we are talking about a subject that is very, um, a very um, interesting subject um, in the society in which we live today, and that is that of homosexuality. Today was indeed uh, Chick-fil-A Appreciation Day. That's a picture of Dan Cathy there, the one who made the statements that he supports the traditional view of marriage found in the Bible. Now, he's caught lots and lots of slack for that, um, for those statements that were made. And I find it interesting that those people that have given him the hardest time are those who want to preach tolerance in the world today. It's kind of an oxymoron for them to be teaching tolerance when they want to be intolerant of a statement that a man supports the traditional view of marriage found in God's Word, isn't it? The mayors of Boston, Chicago, and Washington, D.C. all said something negative about Chick-fil-A and Dan Cathy. The one of Boston even said that Chick-fil-A wasn't even welcome in their city. I find that interesting. We've uh, had these topics for um, Wednesday evening uh, summer series for some time, and I got the topic assigned to me of that of homosexuality. And ever since then, this sermon has been on my, or this lesson rather, has been on my mind. And everywhere you look, you see homosexuality. I did a, a search on Google to find relationships of cast members or relationships of, of, of characters in TV shows that portray lesbian, gay, bisexual, and transgender relationships. And it was absolutely appalling how many results I had. Some very popular TV shows Private Practice has a gay relationship in it. Glee has a gay relationship, several gay relationships in it. Grey's Anatomy, Law and Order, Los Angeles. I like to watch Law and Order. Pretty Little Lies, Revenge, Scandal, True Blood, The Secret Life of an American Teenager. Boy, we could have a whole lesson on that show. The Vampire Diaries, Make It or Break It. Those are a small sampling of the 30 pages list that I printed off Wikipedia today about characters in shows that portray lesbian, gay, bisexual, and transgender relationships. You'll find it interesting that I also Googled TV shows that portrayed Christian relationships. I would show you that list, but there isn't one. There isn't one. 
Turn, if you will, to your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 5, verse 11. Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 11. And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, darkness, but rather expose them, for it is shameful even to speak of those things which are done by them in secret. Thirty pages of characters that is no secret. No secret. They're very open about what their stance is. They're very vocal and verbal about what it is to be gay or lesbian or transgender or bisexual. But yet Christians want to sit by the sidelines and not say anything about these things because we're afraid of hurting someone's feelings or being politically correct. God's Word has all kinds of things to say about sin, of which homosexuality is just one of many sins that God's Word talks about. Interesting questions I thought of. What would have happened if Noah put two male or two female animals on the ark instead of a male and a female? What would have happened if Noah had only taken his sons on the ark with him opposed to what God had told him to do? Would we be here today? I'll tell you uh, a, uh, a joke I, I heard, and it, um, it kind of illustrates a point, and that's why I'm going to tell it. Uh, the joke was this. There was a little girl and, a little, and, and her grandfather walking through the woods, and they came across two granddaddy long legs. And she asked the grandfather, what are those granddaddy long legs doing? And the grandfather replied that they, those granddaddy long legs were mating. And she said, well, is one of them a grandma long leg? And he said, no. Well, she stepped on them and smushed the granddaddy long legs. And he said, well, why did you do that? And she said, well... They may do that in California, but we don't do that around here. Well, the, the, I say that to illustrate a point, and the point is if little children know that something is wrong with that, then we as adults certainly should know something is wrong with that. If two males get together, they don't produce any offspring. If two females get together, they don't produce any offspring. It goes against the very laws of nature and how we were created by the Almighty Creator, and that is God. It goes against that very nature. So, I illustrate the point with the granddaddy long leg. It's interesting because every day when I was thinking about this sermon, um, there were new things that came up to bring up and add to the sermon, and that's why I have 37 pages of lesson. Just shortly uh, after I got the topic, Anderson Cooper from, I believe it's CNN, came out of the closet. People do it every day. But yet, we Christians want to be politically correct. Homosexuality is popular in Hollywood. They want to make it popular to get their agenda across. 
So what are we as Christians to do about discussing topics such as this? And what are we as Christians to do in response to those who may be homosexual? Well, have you ever heard the, the term hate the sin but not the sinner? We're to hate sin, aren't we? And God's Word gives us all kinds of reasons and, uh, to hate sin. But we're to love the sinner. We're to love the sinner and show our love and care for them so that they may be delivered from their sin. Now, so often we hear people say, well, um, Christians are, um, are uh, sinners as well. And that's true. We are, aren't we? We are sinners as well. And um, we need to guard our own selves in life from sin. So I want to point out some things this evening. I want to point out some things that the Old Testament has to say about sin. And specifically the sin of homosexuality. And I want to point out some of the things that are pointed out in the New Testament about the sin of homosexuality. And then thirdly, I want to point out how we as Christians can show our love and care for those who no matter what their sin is, we can love the person and try to show them the way of right in their lives. It's interesting that we look to society today to lead us in so many moral issues. We've been talking about uh, morality in our, in our summer series and, and ethics for the Christian. And in thinking about all of that as a whole, uh, even more things came out that um, caught my interest. Um, has anyone heard of the book Fifty Shades of Grey? Well, don't worry, I haven't read it, and if you have, shame on you. Basically, this book is pornography. And people are reading it, and Christians are reading it. And we think for some reason that's acceptable practice in our lives today. It's not. A new movie came out. Maybe you heard of it. Magic Mike. Anybody heard of Magic Mike? Guess how I learned about it? On Facebook. Interesting, huh? Was a movie about the portrayal of a male stripper in the theaters. And Christians were going to see that. It's appalling. Absolutely appalling. And the things that we must keep ourselves from and guard ourselves from as Christians. Homosexuality in today's society is an acceptable practice in the world. Alternative lifestyles have become more prevalent today than they have ever before in our lives. And we're only going to get worse in seeing that in our society. It's certainly a moral issue that confronts many Christians today. Some question whether it is wrong. As Jim said that he had heard lessons of trying to use the Bible and proving that homosexuality was okay, and others react in ways unbecoming of Christians. 
What does the Bible say about homosexuality? Well, one of the verses from Genesis chapter 18 and verse 20 says, And the Lord said, Because the outcry against Sodom and Gomorrah is great, and because their sin was very grave. Anybody remember the story of Sodom and Gomorrah? Their sin was very grave. Notice, if you will, Genesis chapter 19, verses 4 and 5. Now before they lay down, the men of the city, the men of Sodom, both old and young, all the people from every quarter surrounded the house, and they called to Lot and said to him, Where are the men who came to you tonight? Bring them out to us, that we may know them carnally. Anybody know what that word carnally means? They wanted to know them sexually, men with men. They wanted to know them sexually. The people were guilty of a grave sin, as the Old Testament puts it. The men of the city, young and old, were all involved with that sin, as we noted there in Genesis chapter 19. And they were later described as giving themselves over to sexual immorality and gone after strange flesh, as we see in the book of Jude in verse 7. Does not Ezekiel say that their sin was a lack of hospitality? And some say, based on Ezekiel chapter 16 and verse 49, Sodom in Ezekiel 16 and Ammon and Moab, the offshoots of Sodom, Sodom in Genesis had ceased to exist nearly 1,500 years before. Homosexuality or homosexual conduct was a grave sin in the days of the patriarchs. In the Mosaic Age, in uh, the Law of Moses, it made it a capital crime. It was an abomination together grouped with bestiality, as you notice here in the slide, uh, Leviticus chapter 17, or uh, excuse me, Leviticus chapter... Well, I'll get it right in a minute. I'm new to that. Can you tell? Um, Leviticus chapter 18, verse 22. You shall not lie with a male as with a woman. It is an abomination, nor shall you mate with any animal to defile yourself with it, nor shall any woman stand before an animal to mate with it. It is a perversion. But yet you have those that will go to the Bible to try to prove that homosexuality is okay. In Leviticus chapter 20 and verse 13, if a man lies with a male as he lies with a woman, both of them have committed an abomination. They shall surely be put to death. Their blood shall be upon them. Make no bones about it. The Old Testament is very clear in the law of Moses that homosexuality was a sin punishable by death. It's a reason that other nations were driven out. As we note, note there in Leviticus chapter 18, it was a sin punishable by death as we note here in Leviticus chapter 20 and verse 13. Remember Jesus lived under the law of Moses? It did not end until His death on the cross, Colossians chapter 2 and verse 14, at which point He nailed it to the cross. 
Thus Jesus approved of the law that taught about homosexuality being a sin. Homosexual conduct was a capital crime under the law of Moses. So here we are in the Christian age, the Christian dispensation. As written to Christians in Romans chapter 1, beginning in verse 24, Therefore God also gave them up to, to uncleanness and their lust in their hearts to dishonor their bodies among themselves, who exchanged the truth of God for a lie and worshipped and served the creature rather than the Creator who is blessed forever. Amen. For this reason God gave them up to, be, to vile passions, for even their women exchanged the natural use of what is against nature. Likewise also the men leaving the natural use of woman burned in their lust for one another, men with men committing what is shameful and receiving in themselves the penalty of their error which was due. The former is against nature. The latter is shameful. Men receiving them in themselves the penalty for their error. What could that penalty be? Well, perhaps it's a uh, um, sexually transmitted disease. Perhaps it's uh, other health problems that might come with uh, the lifestyle of homosexuality. Whatever it is, the Bible is very clear that it's a sin. As written to the church in Corinth in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 9 and 10, Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor homosexuals, nor sodomites, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor rivalers, nor extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. Not Brian's words not Jim's words, not any other preacher's words. Those are the words of God. Those men who were inspired by God, those words that were God-breathed that says homosexuality is a sin. Included in the list of sins preventing one from inheriting the kingdom of God. Paul uses terms for homosexual conduct, the passive male partner in homosexual intercourse, a male partner and possibly the active one in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 9 and 10. As written to the evangelist Timothy in 1 Timothy chapter 1, verses 9 through 11, knowing this, that the law is not made for a righteous person, but for the lawless and insubordinate, for the ungodly and for the sinners, for the unholy and profane, for murderers of fathers and murderers of mothers, for manslayers, for fornicators, for sodomites, for kidnappers, for liars, for perjurers, and if there is any other thing that is contrary to sound doctrine, according to the glorious gospel of the blessed God, which was confirmed to my trust. 
not one time in studying verses about homosexuality in the Bible can I ever find it betrayed in a positive light. It's not there. It's never in a positive light. But yet society wants us to accept that today. Homosexual conduct is contrary to the sound doctrine of the gospel of Christ. The Bible's clear. Throughout every dispensation, homosexual conduct was condemned and even punishable by death. Yet many believe that God made them homosexual. It's interesting when you look for studies about things, how you can find a study to prove just about anything. You can find a study to prove just about anything. You show me three studies that say that people were born into homosexuality, I can show you ten that says they weren't, or vice versa. Because people have preconceived notions when they do studies. Is it by nature or by nurture? Is homosexuality the result of one's genetics, nature? And many say, God made me this way. Well, God wouldn't make you do something or make you into a way where you're, it's going to cause you to do something that it is an abomination to Him. I'm talking too fast. Got my tongue twisted. He would not make you do something as a sin that is an abomination to Him. God doesn't make us sin, folks. He doesn't make us in ways to make us sin. He allows us to sin. The choice is ours. The choice is ours as to whether or not we're going to do what God wants us to do or what we want to do. So what should the Christian's view of homosexuality be? What should our response be to those who are homosexual that we may come in contact with in our lives? Are we supposed to be mean and hateful and disrespectful to those individuals? No, we're not. We're to love the sinner and hate the sin. I have friends. I have friends in life that uh, may work at hospitals or may work in EMS or they may be uh, family friends that are openly homosexual. But I've never been hateful to any of those people. I've never been disrespectful to any of those people. We've had some very um, lengthy discussions about that topic. We've had some very uh, heated disagreements about those topics. But in the end, they know that I still love them. But I disagree with their lifestyle. We as Christians should be able to point out sin and show from Scripture that it's wrong, but to be able to do it in a loving manner. You know, I find it interesting that the world um, we've seen in, with abortion clinics and things of that nature, we know that abortion is wrong, we know that it's a sin, that it's murder, that it's killing an unborn child. We know all of those things are wrong, but when the religious fanatics 
and you know what I'm talking about, when the religious fanatics do very uncalled for and very unbecoming of Christian type things in response to that, it's wrong. It's not right to go kill someone because they're killing babies. It's murder either way, isn't it? It's important for us as Christians to show our love and to share the truth of the gospel with those involved in sin. We must hold fast to the truth that is in Jesus. Ephesians chapter twenty or chapter four, verses twenty through twenty-four. But you have not so learned Christ, if indeed you have heard Him and have been taught by Him as the truth as in Jesus that you put off concerning your former conduct the old man which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lust and be renewed in the spirit of your mind and that you put on the new man which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. We must hate the sin but we must also love the sinner. To offer the hope of the gospel is our responsibility as Christians to those involved in homosexuality, cleansing, sanctification, and justification for all. Turn, if you will, to Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5. We're going to begin reading there, Galatians chapter 5 and verse 16. I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the, the flesh lusts against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another so that you do not do the things that you wish. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanliness, licentiousness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murderers, drunkenness, revelers, and the like, of which I tell you beforehand, just as I also told you in time past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, Self-control against such there is no law. And those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another and envying one another. The Bible is very clear and what it has to say 
about homosexuality. Homosexuality is a sin. But we as Christians must love those who are in that condition and we must take our responsibility serious as a Christian to help them see the truth from God's Word in love and to help them out of that sinful situation that they may be in. Now someone may say, well, homosexuality is no worse than any other sin. No, it's, it's sin is sin. There's no gray lies, there's no white lies, there's no yellow lies, there's no black or yellow or red or green or purple homosexuality. Sin is sin. And we must call it sin as the Bible calls it sin. Let us think about things that we look at and see in our lives and those things that we're challenged by in life. To share the truth of the gospel in love. I've told the story before of my grandfather and telling someone they were going to hell and they would thank him for it. And it was all because of his attitude and him showing his love for that individual. We can show our love to those involved in sin no matter what the sin is. And let them know that they must correct the error of their ways or receive eternal punishment for those things. And that includes us as Christians. We must look at the error of our ways. We must look at the sin that we're involved in in life. Maybe it's not homosexuality. Maybe it's uh, looking at pornography. Maybe it's lying. Maybe it's uh, drinking and, and drunkenness. And maybe it's any of the number of plethora of sins that God's Word teaches against. We as Christians must guard ourselves against those things. We must show our love for one another. And we must correct one another when error has occurred. Thank you for listening tonight. Not necessarily an easy subject to talk about. But uh, appreciate your time. As Brian has said, it's, it's not an easy topic to discuss, and yet he's done it uh, very tactfully and uh, very properly uh, because the Bible itself, we need to appreciate, can deal and does deal with gutter subjects. That's right. It deals with gutter subjects, but it does so uh, in a way that is not offensive if the Bible is properly translated. That's not to say that there aren't some so-called translations that uh, I'd be ashamed to read, wouldn't be ashamed to read from. I would be ashamed to read from some of them because they are not properly translated and uh, therefore they uh, don't deal with gutter subjects in a proper way. But the Bible properly translated does do that without being offensive. It can deal with every sin, including the sin of homosexuality. And Brian has shown us, too, that a speaker can do that as he follows the Scripture and presents it very clearly, but very carefully, very properly, and uh, appropriately, and uh, very thoroughly. And uh, we certainly cannot leave here uh, with any misunderstanding about what the Bible has to say about 
the sin of homosexuality. But I particularly appreciate what Brian emphasized so strongly about our attitude toward those in sin and that we are not to despise them but the sin itself and love uh, the sinner. And as he has pointed out, that's true of any sin, uh, whether it be uh, a sin of the flesh, uh, such as homosexuality, or whatever that sin uh, might be. John, do you have our closing prayer? Okay. Uh, we will be dismissed. John Barclay will come and dismiss us. Let's stand together as we are.